0: Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. Today, we'll be listening to a message from Pastor Cheryl Sharp. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Well, it's been a while since I've had the opportunity to speak to you guys. In all honesty, I, um, Brandon was supposed to be up this, this week, and I just missed a sermon planning meeting last week. And they said, since you missed the meeting, you have now been voted in to speak. So moral of the story, do not miss a meeting, fellas, no matter what. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, It is a privilege and an honor to get to share with you guys this morning. We, um, Brandon and I, I can say, share the same heart for what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, I like to say he's just the amplified version, and I'm the paraphrase. So you're going to get the paraphrase this morning instead of the amplified version, but um, it's going to be good. So I just wanted to do a quick recap. I know we've done that a little bit this week. Um, It is going to be a bit of a recap to start off with, but It's important to me that you guys know the reason why we chose this series of foundations in this time. There's so much going on in our world. I can think of a lot of things that we could have spoken to and they would have been good. But what I love about this is it is a reminder when the world is swirling around us, just like what we sang, these are the truths that we will build our lives on and we will not from that place. And I know in my life, I have needed to come back to the simplicity in this season of what it means. I used to nanny for uh, a family in Colorado Springs. They had five children and they were intentional every single week about getting together as a family and reminding their children who they were. We are the Thomas family. As Thomas family, we are kind, we are generous. We love people. And every single week, they would gather, they would worship as a family, and they would remind their children who they were. And the reason why they did that is because they knew come Monday morning, their children were going to go into a world swirling and shouting to them everything that their identity should be and their foundation should be rooted in. And the value of us coming together as a family and taking six weeks and reminding ourselves that these are things that we will be and we will not move from that place. So that is the reason why we chose to do that. So if you would, we are gonna just do a quick recap. The vision here at East Side Church is to know God and make him known. It goes with The greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. To so the vision that he side, to know God and make him known. With that, we have core values. Again, not something so we could have something cool to put up on the wall outside, but these are things that we are practicing. These are things that we are becoming. These are things that we are declaring over ourselves that we will be. And I would love for you to read those with me together. Starting now, we are people of prayer We are people of the word. We are people of community. We are people of generosity. People of the word, people of prayer, people of community and people of generosity. So today we're gonna wrap up our series talking about generosity. And I wanna talk about becoming people marked by generosity. Becoming people marked by generosity. If we were to go grab a cup of coffee this morning, and which is always a good idea, it's always a good idea to grab a coffee, cup of coffee and have a heart conversation. If we were gonna do that, or if you were to come over to our house and have a meal, of which would probably be takeout these days, we would talk about generosity. And I might ask you, tell me what generosity means to you. What does generosity look like in your life? And you would most likely tell me about how you give. Think money, think natural resources, maybe your tithe. That's most likely where the conversation would go. And that's always been the top thing in my mind too. And God really has challenged me with that this year in that generosity plays into every aspect of how we live our lives, our deeds, our actions, our behaviors, our words, and how we live in community, the way we extend grace and mercy to others that are in process. I believe that generosity has the potential to be the greatest thing the world sees that sets us apart. It is the story of our gospel. We just sang about it this morning. I see the evidence, the goodness of the Lord in my life. It is from that heart posture that God calls us to live lives of generosity. It's not something we can muster up. It is so different and countercultural to what we see today. We have family living with us right now and they have a little two-year-old and she is the most precious thing ever. Um, But man, when she throws a tantrum, She throws a tantrum and we have older kids, we have teenagers. And so it's been a while since I've been in that phase of life. And I was amazed at how the natural instinct of even a two year old is this is mine. This toy is mine. This belongs to me. How dare you ask me to share this with you? It was given to me. And as adults, we look back and think, Oh my gosh, no, that's not how we've called to live. But that's really the way our perspective on a lot of life is, right? This is what God's given me. He's blessed me. It belongs to me. I am judge. I get to determine whether it's given or not in every aspect of our lives. Time. The way we extend grace and mercy to people in their process the way we serve, the way we worship, everything is often filtered through this self-preservation mode of if I don't look after myself, if I don't watch after my toy, then I'm going to be left with nothing. And it leaves us in this constant posture of these tight fists when all along God's called us to live like this. He's called us to live like this. And he's saying like so much in his word, he's, he sets before us choices of you can respond this way. Oh, God gave this to me and I just got to hold on to it because this is my time and, and I'm, a, I'm an introvert. And if I give my time away, then I'm not gonna be refreshed and then I'm not gonna have anything to give. So I just need to sit over here and hide in my cave because God gave me that, made me that way and I'm an introvert. Versus, okay, God, you've called me to live in community. You've given me gifts and talents and abilities, not for my own gain, but to share. And so I'm gonna trust you that even though everything in me is saying self-preserve, 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 you've called me to live a gospel that says, freely I've been given, freely I give. And that's really what generosity is. It's, it's living from a posture of recognizing that freely I have been given so much. And freely I'm gonna give. We're gonna look at our first verse in scripture today. It's Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25. If you have your Bibles, feel free to turn there. It is going to be on the screen It is self-preservation that causes us to live close-fisted, not open-handed. It is not the way of Jesus. It is not the heart, nature, and character of our generous Father. In Proverbs eleven twenty-four, 24, it says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Verse 25 says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Let's take a look at verse 24 again. One person, one man, one woman, one family gives freely. In other words, lives open-handedly. Doesn't live to preserve what they have, but rather gives generously. This person Proverbs says, gains even more. Doesn't sound like what the world tells us. Doesn't sound like the Forbes magazine edition to a businessman of how to grow a business. The top five ways. If you give more, you'll, you'll get more back. It's countercultural but it's the gospel that we've chosen to follow. Verse 25 says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Don't you love that? A generous man or woman, family will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Friends, this is a promise. It's not a good idea. Or God saying, hey, maybe if I feel like it, a promise is an absolute of the scripture. A promise from God is something that you can bank your life on. He is saying that he is, this is who God is. It's his nature and it's his character. And if you live open-handedly, if you are a person who looks for opportunities to refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. I don't know about you, but I need to be refreshed. Do you need to be refreshed? I want to be a person that is marked by generosity, that people say to me, she is refreshing to be around. Think about somebody like that in your life. Can you think of somebody they're refreshing to be around? It doesn't matter what they're going through, what difficulty, they are constantly like a drink of fresh water on a hot day just refreshing. What's amazing is that person will themselves be refreshed. Friends, living marked by generosity can be hard. It can require sacrifice, a lot of sacrifice. It's generally not convenient to live a life marked by generosity. But I don't know about you, I didn't sign up when I signed up to follow Jesus. I didn't sign up for a life of ease, a life of convenience, a life of self-preservation, but I signed up to follow Jesus. And living a life marked by generosity is how we follow Jesus. There was a family in our lives growing up and I would say to this day, they are the most generous people I met. It was funny. I was friends with their daughter and you would go over to their house and they lived in this beautiful home and he was a businessman in town and you would go to their house and there would be randomly no furniture whatsoever. And so you're like, oh, we're going to hang out on the floor tonight, I guess. But they lived their lives so generously. You would, I would ask her like, what happened to all your furniture? Oh, my mom ran into a lady today who... I just lost her job and they'd lost everything and we just loaded up the truck and gave them our furniture. And that's, that's radical, y'all. That's radical. But that, I tell you, is how they lived their lives, no matter what season they were in. Sometimes from the, the, out, the outer appearance, it looked like they had more than enough. And sometimes you would think they had nothing because they lived lives marked by generosity. They were looking for opportunities to bless people. It was a radical way of living. But I'll tell you, I have never seen a happier, more refreshing family. I have never met a family that doesn't experience more joy in their lives. I want to be like that family. I want to live my life refreshing other people, whether I feel like it or not. So how do we live lives marked by generosity? I wanna talk about three things that help us do that this morning. The first is know God. The second is be intentional to live in community. And the third is practice generosity. Know God, be intentional to live in community and practice generosity. The first is to know God. We've already talked about it. We've sang about it, all of it this morning. You cannot live a life marked by generosity without knowing God. It's impossible. Our nature is selfish. We cannot do it. But man, you spend time with a generous father. Brandon talked about it last week. You get to know how much he loves his children. And all of a sudden you start to have a heart just like His, a heart that starts to look for opportunities to be generous to people. When we spend time with our Father, we quickly realize that everything we have comes from Him. I was on a walk the other day, praying, praying through this morning a little bit and I was just in awe at the thought that I literally am nothing, have nothing apart from what he's given me, nothing. The very breath that I breathe, the fact that I was able to take that walk and had the time given to me to take that walk, that I was present here on earth was because the father gave it to me. And when you spend time getting to know God and you have that revelation that nothing that I have is mine, it was all given to me. It stirs in you a heart to be generous to others because it doesn't belong to me in the first place. He owns everything. And he owes us nothing. Eugene Peterson says this, he says about feelings. He says, my feelings are important for many things. They are essential and valuable. They keep me aware of much that is true and real. But they tell me next to nothing about God or my relation to God. They tell me next to nothing about God or my relation to God. My security comes from who God is, not from how I feel. My security, my comforts, my provision comes from who God is, not from how I feel. Discipleship is a decision to live by what I know about God, not by what I feel about him or my neighbor. If we live a life of generosity based on what the person deserves, we're gonna miss it. And if I could say what God has taught me more about his character this year in generosity, it's that my, my response to be generous is not based upon what the recipient deserves. I don't get to make that judgment. golly, but it's so easy for us to do. It's so easy for us to do. Man, they don't deserve forgiveness. Man, they don't don't deserve my time. God, do you want me to to help them again? Did you see what they just did over there? And he's saying, yeah, but how many times have I forgiven you? How many times? Have I been patient with you in the process? Being marked by generosity happens only when we know our God. Generosity is a byproduct of knowing God. It's not a feeling. As we know him and come to this revelation, our fists move from this closed fist to being open-handed. We find ourselves Living generously because our Father is generous. The second way that we become generous is to be intentional to live in community. It is impossible to live lives marked by generosity when we are alone and isolated. It's impossible, it will not happen. Are you going to be generous to yourself? That's easy. You get into community and things get messy. It's the only way to practice living lives marked by generosity. This is where the second part of the greatest commandment comes in that Brandon hit on last week, to love your neighbor as yourself. If you're alone, self-preserving, protecting, yours and only yours, you will not be able to live a life that refreshes others. I think that living in community intentionally is the first place that that living a life of generosity happens. Often it's easier to go and be generous to people we don't know. We hear about the lady down the road whose house caught fire and we want to help them. It's easy because there's no relational ties there. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think the first place God calls us to be generous is right in our own homes. The way we respond to our children, the way we respond to our husbands, the way we respond to our families, and then it extends to this body right here that God's called you to be a part of. What does it look like to live lives marked by generosity in the community that God's called you to? Are you, are you listening? Are you looking? Do you have eyes to see? Do you have hearts ready to obey when God says, hey, there's a need. You have the, the means to meet it. A heart of generosity says, I'm just not gonna meet the need. I'm gonna go above and beyond. I'm gonna give double portion. Not just to check a box that says, well, did it, I gave, I tithed, I brought my soup can. None of that's wrong, y'all. It's all part of it, but it's the posture of our hearts by which we do it. A few years ago, God talked to me during worship about the difference between being a conduit and a reservoir. Conduits are a person or organization that acts as a channel for the transmission or transfer of something. God has called us to be conduits that he can funnel blessing through. Not a reservoir, we're just to store up. It's so easy to be reservoirs, you guys. It's so easy to just store, store, feed, feed ourselves, feed ourselves, feed ourselves, feed ourselves. But God just said, Cheryl, I have not called you to be a reservoir. I have called you to be a conduit, conduit that I can flow through. Gives it to me so it flows right out. He gives it to me, I can flow it right out. Gives it to me so I can flow it right out. That's what we're called to in community. We are called to be conduits of his blessings, not reservoirs. Generosity requires us living that way. We have to know God. We have to be intentional to live in community, it doesn't happen by accident. And number three, we have to practice generosity. Practice generosity. To live lives marked by generosity, we must practice this. We must become doers of it and not just hearers. What I love about our core values is they are not just things that we say, they are opportunities to practice something. We said that about prayer, we practice, praying we practice being communion with God being in community is something we practice we do we actually have to put action to it it's like that with generosity we can ask the father who is generous in nature give us opportunities to begin to practice generosity I'm telling you he'll do it y'all He'll do, he'll do it. I cannot tell you how many times I've been out in public and don't know a person and I'll hear a conversation through to a cashier and somebody checking out and the Lord will say, pay their groceries. Pay their groceries. All right? Opportunities to practice generosity. If we look for them, he will bring them to us. Have you guys ever had the, <laughs> you guys ever had the grandma that you go over to her house and you, she's like the double portion grandma, right? Like as a college student, you'd go over there and you'd be starving and you're used to like your little tiny bowl of ramen and you go over there and she's just oh, pile on the mashed potatoes, pile on the fried chicken, piled on the cornbread, like just piles it on and you say, oh no, 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 I'm full, I'm full. And she says, no, take some, then she'll pile on and then she'll send you home with a plate. And when I think about the generosity of our father, that's what I think about. He's a double portion God. He's not like, let me just give you enough to barely get by or to say, I did it. But he's saying, you have a need. Let me go above and beyond that. And church, I'm praying that we begin to look for opportunities to practice generosity. Paul encourages Timothy, to do just this. In 1 Timothy six seventeen, Paul says this, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Isn't that the truth? Golly, I'm telling y'all, that is the most freeing, revelation I think I've ever had, especially in times like this, is that I don't own it anyways. It's not mine anyways. It's unreliable. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to be good. They should be rich in good works, time, energy, and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. There's a choice set before us today to live a life marked by generosity and experience true life. A life that because we refresh others, we are refreshed. And in doing so, not only are refreshed here, but reap an eternal reward. Practicing generosity means that we have to live with an eternal mindset. It's not about how it might benefit me or or how it might make me look telling Instagram that I did a generous deed this week. How many likes do I get? We so want to do things to be seen. And the father is saying, yeah, when you're generous, you'll be refreshed, you'll reap a reward. But the eternal reward is so much greater. Josh, you can go ahead and come up. So friends, how do we live lives marked by generosity? We know God. We're aware of the source that all things that we have have come from. We're intentional about living in community so that we get to know God's children that God has an opportunity to put his heart in our heart for his people. And we practice generosity. We ask the Lord for opportunities to be generous. Not just when it's convenient for us, because I'm telling you, a lot of times when it comes, it's not convenient. I hope. It's okay that we share this a little bit, but dang emotions. (laughs) 10 years ago, we moved here and we transitioned from the army. Golly, it's been the wrong time. That was the absolute hardest season of my life. wasn't deployment. We knew that God had told us to be here. And we got here and nothing had worked out the way that we thought it would. We didn't find jobs, I think at the time, Brandon started working three jobs to make meet what we needed. And our sister, and most of you know Anna, and her husband, Chris, they didn't have kids at the time, and they offered for us to stay with them. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, it'll be a month, two. You know, Brandon's got a degree. It'll, it'll transition well. 14 months, y'all. 14 months of being on the receiving end of somebody's generosity to my family. And this church jumping in and loving us in our mess. Our marriage was a mess. Not the season of life that you wanna meet new people in. (laughs) Can I be your friend? I'm a mess. There's something about us coming to the end of ourselves in those places and God bringing the provision that we need. And I'm so incredibly grateful for this church family and for my family that was willing to put up with my noisy toddlers. (laughs) And at the time, emotional daughters. They weren't just generous, they were beyond generous. They were 14 months worth of generosity. And so a couple months ago, we got a call from my other sister. You know, we've been trying to get out here with us for a while and things had fallen through with um, what they had planned in getting here. And so the timing for them to be here needed to happen. And so. It wasn't even a question in our minds of should we open our home to you? It wasn't even a question because we had been in that place where we had received generosity. And I believe that that's what the Lord wants more than anything to get on our hearts today is that we are generous because he's given us so much. As Americans, we, our idea of what lack looks like is so broken, it's so broken. And I think there's so many times God's calling us to a posture of generosity towards somebody and we look at what we have and we're like, I don't have it. You have it, you have it. Because some of the greatest places I've witnessed generosity is across the world where they really have nothing. But by golly, they're gonna give you their last plate of beans. And they're gonna do it generously. And you know what? I used to feel sorry for them, but I don't. Because I've had such a revelation of what is waiting for them on the other side of eternity. And I've watched the joy that's in their home. And they're so delighted to do that for others because they've had a revelation, but the ultimate sacrifice, the story of our gospel, y'all, that is the greatest example to the world that sets us apart from anybody else. It's not how loud we sing, how fancy our words are, how cool our church is, how much fun of anything we can do in our community, our generosity is what sets us apart. That is what the world can see. And they say, what makes you do that for me, a total stranger? And you say, let me tell you what God did for me. And that is the posture of our hearts this morning. And what I pray God has stirred in your heart as he stirred in my heart. And I really felt led this morning as we close out this entire foundation season today, I really felt led to take communion as a family and to come to the Lord's table and just remember together the generosity of our heavenly father. So J.P.'s going to come, and he's going to do that with us. Thank you, Father. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.